Turn please to Ephesians 4 this morning. We've been speaking on the subject for a few weeks now. What is this, number three or so? On what subject? The subject of growing up. Growing up. Ephesians 4 is our master text. Ephesians 4, verse 11 says, he gave some apostles, and he gave some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. All of these are gifts from the Lord to his people. For what purpose? For the perfecting. Now, let's just stop right there. The word perfect is a, uh, I don't know, it's a word that... So many people in modern times do not think right about when they read in the Bible. If you look it up even in the English dictionary, the word perfect has to do, English definition, without fault, without flaw, flawless. And so when people think about perfect, And they think about you being perfect or me being perfect. Usually people say, well, nobody's perfect. And the implication is that nobody could be. Because nobody can be without mistake, without flaw, flawless. But if you say that and believe that, then you just ignored numerous scriptures. Including those that command us to be perfect. If the Lord told us to be perfect, we must be able to be perfect. And it comes back to understanding what the word means in the Bible. As opposed to what we use modern vernacular. Another word that's used in the same Hebrew word Instead of perfect is the word complete. Everybody say complete. 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 Say perfect. perfect. And then say complete. 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 When he says, for the what of the saints? For the perfecting of the saints. Does that mean till we all become flawless? No. But perfect, let me give you the definition from a composite definition from the Hebrew and Greek, means brought to its end. Perfect means brought to its end. Complete, lacking nothing necessary to completeness. That first part really gives you the nature of it. Brought to its end. Brought to its completion. In this life, in this world, everything in the material realm is flawed. Everything. There is no such thing as something or somebody or some item in this natural material world we live in right now that is perfect meaning flawless because of the curse 
that's in the earth. Because of sin, everything is flawed. People say, well, so-and-so had a baby. Yeah, how they're doing? Oh, it's perfect. Not really. If you examine that baby, newborn, looks perfect as you might say, but doctors know this and scientists and researchers know this. You examine that baby real close, you'll find one eye might be a little bit bigger than the other. One arm might be a little bit longer than the other. We talk about so-and-so's in perfect health. Well, (laughs) if you mean flawless, ain't nobody there. Nobody will be there in this life. You know, when I'm talking about being healthy, I'm talking about good operating condition. (laughs) Because you know every day when you get up, day to day. Everything's changing. And you're usually believing for something. Sore knee. You know, this is a little bit weaker than that. Or this is a little bit off. You have to use your faith all the time. That's why you ought to go to a church that believes in healing. Right? Where you hear something about it and get your faith fed. Because you got to be using your faith. Because these bodies are mortal and these bodies have been affected by and the whole environment everything we eat everything we drink everything we breathe is affected by the curse it's all flawed all of it but being healthy you know to my understanding means basically good operating condition and you got to watch about people say well I'm a perfectionist Usually, that means they have no patience. (laughs) And it is nothing to brag about. (laughs) I'm a perfectionist. I have to have it perfect. What do you mean? Flawless? You've never gotten there. And you won't in this life. Everything's flawed. But... What's God's definition of it? What does that first phrase said? Brought to its end. And then the word complete. And it has to do God's spirit. God's not holding the magnifying glass on your flesh. Thank God. He's not holding. He knows everything down here is cursed and flawed. And he's already got a plan to fix it. And it's in the works. But he looks at the heart. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the earth. You know what that is? That's scanning. God is scanning the planet. What's he looking for? He wants to show himself strong. That ought to make us excited. He wants to show himself strong on behalf of him whose heart is what? Perfect towards him. Now, does that mean flawless? No, it does not. I mean, there are numerous examples of people that said they were perfect before the Lord, and yet you read the next chapter and tells about mistakes that they made. Tell me what perfect means. Brought to its end and complete. 
You should be a perfectionist in the sense of following something to its completion and not stopping before then. But just being impatient and demanding is something to grow up out of and repent over. It has to do with being led by the Spirit and following after peace. When you go to do something, God expects you to do it perfectly. He does. He requires it. And what does that mean? Hmm? You see it through to its end. You complete it. And how would you know when that is? He knows when it is. And he's inside you. So you go to do something. You work on it. You invest in it. You spend time on it. And you step back. And it's met certain criteria. But in your heart you're not satisfied. What does that mean? It's not perfect. Because if it was you'd know. So you stay with it. You continue on it. And continue on it. And how would you know that you got to perfection? You'll have a sense inside you, a satisfaction. Now, don't you misunderstand. Somebody could come along with their magnifying glass and find flaws with it. But in your heart, you're satisfied that for right now, for where I am, for this situation, I'm satisfied. Feel complete about it. Tomorrow's a new day, but... It's about being led by the Spirit. Well, what our whole life, God intends that it should be brought to perfection. Our whole life, our spiritual and mental and emotional and physical and financial and marital and family and ministry development. He intends should go all the way. All the way to completion. Brought to its fulfillment, its fullness, its end. Said out loud, God God intends that I reach reach my full full potential. In order for that to happen, we must grow. We must grow beyond where we are. Now keep reading. He gave us these gifts, ministry gifts, for The perfecting of the saints. Why do you need to be perfected and completed? For so you can do the work of the ministry. One of the biggest errors that has choked and hindered churches everywhere in the world is that people have relegated all the work of the ministry to the fivefold ministry gifts. They have thought, well, it's the preacher's job. To do the work of the ministry. Wrong. What's the preacher's job? Go back to the scripture. What's the preacher's job? Why were we given? So the saints could be perfected. So they could do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is far too big. Far too expensive. For the fivefold minister gives to get it all done. The work of the ministry is much, much, much bigger and broader than preaching. 
and praying and prophesying. Man, the work of the ministry is huge. It involves visiting people and feeding people and clothing people and praying with people individually and believing in people and loving them and pulling money out of your pocket and right taking your time and and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and it's going to require all of us to get it done. Well, how is the person sitting on the pew going to have the strength and the know-how and the knowledge and the faith and the resources to get it done? Well, that comes back to the fivefold. And God, through them, helping. And as we do, what's going to happen with all of us? Keep reading. What's going to happen? He said, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, building up of the body of Christ, till or until... It's supposed to continue until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, a what? What does that mean? Brought to its end, brought to its completion, man. Physically, we know that when the baby is born, we know that baby is not done growing. And at two years old and at three years old, that baby's not done. That child's not done. And at 12 years old, that child's not done. That person is supposed to develop until they are of full height and full build. Is that right? It's supposed to be that way. Spiritually, it's supposed to be that way with each one of us individually. And the whole body of Christ, this is happening. The whole body of Christ is growing and developing. It's exciting. He said, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Are we all supposed to grow up? Can we all grow up? Yeah, till we all come. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature. Stature means height. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does a full grown spirit Christian look like? Jesus. We should be like little kids. That back up against the wall and say measure me. Measure me. I think I've grown. And so they mark us and we look. And what are we comparing it to though? How would we know if we've grown or not? Because Jesus, Mark, is over here. That's his stature. That's his place. And so we look at ours and we go, I'm closer. <laughs> I'm closer. How will we know when we're grown up? Like him. You'll be like him. Don't think it's unattainable. It's a command. Well, brother Keith, we can't be like Jesus. Go tell him that. He commanded you to walk and act like him. I can't do that. He's perfect. I can't do that. He's God. He did not operate in the earth as God. He emptied himself. The Bible said he laid aside his mighty weight and power and became like other men. What he did in the earth, he did with no unfair advantage as being God. He did it as a man. Proven it could be done. 
Now he's called us to do it. He said, I did it as a man. You can do it as a man and a woman. Come on, do it. He that says he abides himself, ought himself also, so to walk even as he walked. First John 2, 6, we're commanded. Forgetting though, that was too weak, guys. Come on, come on. It's exciting. It's exciting to believe that you can. It's exciting to believe I don't have to be a little dumb, incomplete, infant, confused in the dark, all my existence. I can grow up. I can grow up in this life and think like my master and talk like him and pray like him and have a relationship with the Father God like him and have a ministry like him. It's not just possible. It's commanded. We're called to do it. Yeah, we've come short. Yeah, we've fallen short and failed. But he said, forgetting those things that are behind. Forget about them. Just forget about them and reach toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ. What is that? In Christ Jesus. Coming up to the full measure, the full stature of who? Him. Him. Say it out loud, I'm growing up. I'm becoming more like him every day. And I will, by the grace of God, grow up to the full measure of the stature of Christ. I will. I will, by the grace of God. Boy, that ought to keep us excited all day long. He said in verse 15... But speaking the truth in love. I want you to say that phrase out loud three times. Speaking the truth in love. Say it again. Speaking the truth in love. One more time. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. May grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Is this a big key to growing up? The Bible gives us the principle, the way it operates. How are we going to grow up? Speaking the truth in love. Man, there's all kind of revelation to get right here. How are we going to grow up? That's not my words. That's not yours. Did he say, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him. Is this how you grow up? No question about it. This is how you grow up. Now, we talked about there's an inner man and there's an outer man. And just like the outer man is to be fed and nourished and exercised and developed and grow up, the inner man is supposed to. And it's sad that there have been untold billions spent and books and regimens and uh, schools and universities to develop the mind, the intellect. There have been untold billions and trillions spent on developing the body so that the body develops. But by and large, the world has just ignored the spirit of man. And that's the primary part of you. That's who you are. You'll be that if your body is laying in the ground. You're a spirit. You can exist without your body. Your body can't exist without the spirit. Remember James, the body without the spirit is dead. 
So uh, you're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. You're not just a body and a mind. You're a spirit. You have a mind. You live in a body. And your spirit is supposed to develop and grow up. Well, we know that naturally you're born, you're a baby, you're a toddler, you're a child, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're a middle-aged adult, you're older adult, you're mature. Exactly the same thing is true spiritually. Exactly the same thing is true. When you're born again, you're not born again a fully developed spirit man. You're born a baby, an infant. And what should happen? You should grow up. But this is what can be confusing to people. Because if you'll get some food naturally and a little exercise, you will grow up and develop. But spiritually, so many times, people have not fed their spirit. Their spirit has not been fed and they have not exercised their spirit. So here they've been born again 20 years, but they're still an infant. Spiritually, they have not developed. And that can be confusing to people because they're looking at somebody that's in a 50-year-old body, not realizing that inside they're like a two-year-old. I'm not talking about mentally. I'm talking about spiritually. There's an inner man, there's an outer man. If you're fed and you exercise, you'll grow up spiritually just like when you grow up naturally. Now there's more than one word that's translated child in the Bible. And it can be a little challenging because it's used numerous different ways. And I won't try to get into all of them. I don't believe that's our our purpose. But... We already know that you're born a baby and a toddler and in your child and a teenager and a young adult. One of the words for child, though, is the word brephos. And it literally means unborn. Everybody say unborn. unborn. It also, though, if you look at the whole scope of it, it includes newborn. That's why I said it's a little bit challenging. You can't just lock it to one because it's used in more than one application. Is a child a child when they are as yet unborn? Yes, Yes, the answer is yes. Listen to this. In Luke 141, you'd have to turn there, but Luke 141, Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary and the baby leaped. In her womb. This baby is not yet born. And is leaping why? Why? Because of the spirit of the Lord. Is this baby alive unto God? Responding to external stimuli. The baby leapt in her womb because Mary walked up and they're prophesying and the anointing's on them and the anointing is on the baby too. The baby goes, glory to God. (laughs) When Mary comes up and prophesies, the baby inside the womb is going, glory to God, glory to God. Having a Holy Ghost time 
in the womb as yet unborn. You know, the Bible said in Genesis uh, 25, we just read this about when, uh, I guess it was Rebecca, was saying, Lord, you know, what's going on with me? Because she was having a lot of activity <laughs> inside her womb. And the Lord said, well, there's two nations in there. Two nations. They are not born yet. Two nations. Now, what if they'd have been aborted? You're not just talking about two people. If those twins had been aborted, it would have wiped out two nations. And God didn't wait till they were born to call them two nations. He called them two nations while they were yet in the womb. I know some folk don't like this, but hey, you need to face the truth. Right? There has been a terrible lie pushed upon us and the world that it's just a fetus. It's just a personless glob of flesh. It's a lie. I said, it's a lie. It's a lie. Well, it's a personless glob of flesh until this day. When does that happen? What hour and minute and what day does it turn from a glob to a person? Who can tell you that? Who can prove that? Nobody can. They don't know. And don't care and don't want to know. You say, well, it's the mother's choice. It's the mother's choice not to have sex. Well, it's the mother's body. No, that body is not the mother's body any more than your body is your mother's body. It's their body. Friend, this is a terrible blot on our nation. It's a terrible blot. The Bible said in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the belly, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. That's all pre-birth. You're going to tell God they're not a person? Well, people are ignorant of spiritual things. The reason there's life, even from the cellular level, the earliest stages of development, life is making that child go from one stage to another. Life is causing that child to develop. What life? What life? The life of their spirit that God has put in there. They say, yeah, but it was a mistake that I even got pregnant. What says you? But what do you know? You ought to read some of the stories of people that they were unwanted pregnancies. They were unwanted children. 
And even some of them, you know, they're given up by their parents and went on to be used of God and reach untold people for the kingdom. You're going to tell me God's going to say, yeah, they were a mistake, but I tried to figure it out and do something with them. It's just people's ignorance. They don't know. But God's never surprised. He's never going, uh-oh, uh-oh, now that wasn't planned. What am I going to do with them? Well, I know some folk don't like that, but you need to think about it. And if you've made mistakes in the past, God forgives. And the blood cleanses. But no, no, do not believe these lies that you can just destroy that uh, developing child when the Bible refers to them as a person inside the womb, the unborn. Now, the next one that you'll see is the word napios. For child, and it means little child, and one of the, and this is rich, one of the uh, specific things it mentions is a child without the power of speech. Well, that would be a little child. A little child is one that cannot talk. Well, is there a spiritual counterpart? Hmm? Is development in the spirit greatly connected with speech? Big time. I said big time. Big time. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians if you would. 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter. Tell me how you grow up. Not your idea of what the scripture says. What? What? What's that first word you're saying? What? Speaking. 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 And there's revelation here this morning. How are you going to grow up from where you are right now to the next place? Does it matter what's in your mouth? Mm-mm. Speaking. The truth in love may grow up. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. What does it say? When I was a child, when I was a Napios. <laughs> I what? What's the first thing? How do you know a child to be a child. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So then how would you know you're growing up? Your speaking changes. Your understanding changes. Your thinking changes. Notice he didn't start off with the thinking. What did he start off with? Now see, people have missed it here again and again and again. They think, well, my deal is I got to get my head straight. I got to get my head straight. And if I could get my head straight, then I'd get my mouth straight. You got it backwards. That's not how the Bible mentions it. You remember Joshua? God's instructions to Joshua for success. This book of the law shall what? Shall not depart 
out of your, your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. Not, well, hold on. Isn't it that if I get my meditation right, then I get my words? No, that's backwards. That's how most people believe it, but it's backwards. Get your mouth in gear. Get your mouth in the right thing, and it'll straighten your thinking out. Oh man, this is exciting. I'm telling the reason I'm excited because if you do this, you will immediately begin to grow. You will immediately begin to develop. People sit around and just try to wage a silent mental warfare. Wrong thoughts come and they go, oh, I shouldn't think that. I shouldn't think that. And so they sit down and they try to think a right thought against it. And so it's wrong, wrong, wrong. And I got to go, mm, 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 no, no, no. Right, right, right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Right, right, right. Wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong, right. Oh, this is giving me a headache. Oh, right, right. We're told what to do. Don't just sit there silently. You've got a great weapon. It's right under your nose. It's the truth. It's your mouth. It's your mouth. Somebody says, why do you say that, Brother Keith? Because God has designed us in such a way that when we speak on purpose, it interrupts our thought processes. It arrests what's going on in our mind and superimposes what we're saying on our mind. Let me prove it to you. You ready? Let me prove it to you. We're going to do a demonstration here. We're going to count to 20 silently in our mind. We're not going to say it out loud. We're going to count definitely, but just inside ourselves. In our mind, we're going to count. You ready to do it? I want you to focus, not let anything break your concentration. I want you to, when I say begin, I want you to count 1 to 20 and don't stop. But while you're doing that, I'm going to ask you to repeat some things after me. I'm going to say some things and I want you to say what I say right after I say it. I want you to say it the way I say it, but don't stop counting. Are you ready? Now focus. Are you ready? All right, you can even close your eyes to help your concentration. Are you ready? Begin counting. One to twenty. Now. Jesus is Lord. Lord. Count. Don't lose your place. Count. By his stripes. I am healed. Don't lose your place. How'd you come out? How'd you come out? What happens? To do what I said? It interrupts your thought processes and superimposes what you're saying on your mind. What does that mean? You can control your mind with your mouth. Oh, glory to God. Man, this is victory, guys. You can control your mind. With your mouth, God designed you that way. People say, I got all these terrible mind problems, I can't control my mind. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. 
Now the enemy is a persistent cuss. And just generally a sorry individual. (laughs) But he is a persistent cuss. And he will bring things to you again and again. Have you ever noticed it? He'll bring thoughts to you and thoughts to you and thoughts to you. And if you're smart, what will you do? You will not just sit there and think them and try to wage a silent mental battle. What will you do? You'll open your, let's say thoughts come and go, this is bad. This is bad. You're not going to be healed this time. You're not going to make it this time. You're not coming out of this. You're not coming out of this. What should you do? What if somebody sits there and gets depressed? What does that prove? They just sitting there thinking about it. This is where the spiritual warfare is really occurring. This is real spiritual warfare. Not what a lot of people have imagined. Think about the text. Our warfare is not carnal. But it's what? The weapons of our warfare. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now people have imagined that that stronghold's in the heavenlies. But that is not the context. What's the very next phrase? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. The strongholds he's talking about are between people's ears. And the thoughts. That's what gets folk in trouble. Thoughts. When I was a child, what? I spoke like a child. What else? Understood like a child. What else? Thought like a child. But. But what? Huh? When I became a man. I put away childish things. What does that mean? I quit thinking like a baby. I quit understanding like a baby. I quit talking like a baby. And I grew up. And I grew up. Oh, glory to God. I grew up. So what do you do? You're bombarded with these wrong thoughts. Look at those bills. Ain't no way you're going to make this. Look at this. What a mess you're in. Your relationship's not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Look at you. Your failures and mistakes. If you just sit there and think about that, you're going down. What do you got to do? Hmm? Use the weapon God gave you. The sword of the Spirit. Whip out your blade. Don't just sit there and take that. Whip out your blade. And go, hey, no, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Now, when you're saying that, what's on your mind? Not failing. Not going down. And as long as you're saying it, that's on your mind. What about when you stop? Well, depending on what's going on that day, sometimes as soon as you stop, here comes the wrong thoughts back in. If you're smart, what will you do? Crank that speaker back up again. And sometimes, I mean, it's like work. Sometimes you just have to keep on saying it and keep on saying it all through the day and all through the night until that other stuff backs off. Oh, can you see this? Thank you, Master. Use your mouth. Use your words. 
Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter, if you would. The first chapter. I think we can finish up here pretty shortly. Oh, but that's good too. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I can just sum it up. First uh, Peter 2. First Peter 2. Verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and what? All evil speakings as newborn babes. Now this is still the Napios, but it's, uh, it's not the unborn, now it's the newborn. As newborn babes do what? What do babies need to grow up? They got to get nourished. You can't just not feed a baby. What if you don't feed the baby? They'll die. They've got to be fed. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What do babies need to grow up? They need the sincere milk of the word of God. Of the what? Of the what? What do you speak? Then what do you eat? Words. Words. Are you seeing keys to growing up here? How do you grow up? Speak the truth. In What is the truth? It's words. Words that God has given us. What is the sincere milk of the word of the word of God? It's what you hear. What you are hearing is feeding your spirit. And what you are speaking is causing you to exercise and grow up. Hearing words and speaking words feed you and causes you to grow up. Don't think you already know this now. Don't let this go past you. Don't let it go over you. Don't let it be too simple for you. Don't let it be something you already know. Say it out loud. Hearing words and speaking words feeds my spirit. Causes me to grow up. Hearing words. Speaking words. Causes me to grow up. Now not just any words. Not just any words. The words of truth. God's words. Good words. Anointed words. Oh, that's why we read our chapters. That's why we come to church. And we don't just, you know, I don't just talk to you and tell you what I think or what I've experienced. We open this book and we read these words. And we talk about these words. It's possible to go to church for 20 years and hear 10,000 sermons and not get fed. I'm talking about your spirit get fed. It's possible. I know I was born again. Just what at age 12. And heard some things and went to church. But didn't grow. For year after year. And then one day. Thank God. Thank God. 
thank God. One day, I heard some words. <laughs> they weren't just words of religion. They weren't just words of tradition. They weren't just words of men's ideas. They were anointed, anointed words of faith. The Bible talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. I heard them. And even though my head didn't understand them. Because see, I didn't know it, but I'm a baby. I'm a baby. Hadn't been fed. But somebody gave me a real bottle. (laughs) For the first time. And my little spirit was dried up and thirsty. And I didn't know it. It's no wonder people are so powerless. It's no wonder they got no strength to resist temptation. It's no wonder they got no strength to stand and believe for anything. They haven't been fed. They haven't been fed. They've been given little speeches about politics and current issues and social reform and being a good person and... You can hear that for 40 years and still be a dried up infant. Oh, but I heard. I heard some words. It was actually Brother Copeland. I heard some words. And when I got through playing that little tape, that little battery operated thing I had, when I got through, I didn't really know what the man had said. But in my spirit, in my spirit, I knew something had come into me. My little spirit was going. (laughs) And for the first time, I had got some sincere milk of the word of God. And my little spirit began to come alive. And when that happens, you know the very next thing that you say? Mark. Mark. You're like a little bird in the nest. Mark! 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 So thank God we got some more. Which is why we got to believe for millions of dollars and make CDs and books and tapes and send them all over the world. Because there's people right where I was and right where you are 20 and 30 years ago. They've not been fed. They're hungry, they're starving, they're thirsty. And we're going to feed them. We're going to feed See, people spend, and there's nothing wrong with it. People spend millions of dollars to feed people's bodies. And that's good. But it's not as important as feeding their spirits. It has been given precedence over the feeding of spirits. Because people are carnal and they think more about the body than they do the spirit. Yes, let's believe God and help feed people naturally. But much more important, let's feed their spirit. Can you say amen? amen? Let's feed their spirit. Feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. Every day, read your chapter. Read it in faith. Get fed. Can you say amen? Amen. Thanks 
be under God. Let me just read these to you in closing. You don't have to try to turn there. But it just every time I think about this, these uh, scriptures come up to my remembrance. The scripture said in Job, Job 23, 12, he said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job 23.12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Jeremiah 15.16, Jeremiah 15.16 says, your words were found and I what? I what? I did. How do you eat them? How do you eat them? Well, in Job, it says the ear tries words as the mouth tastes food. How do you eat God's words? With your ears. But can you do it? Can you hear them and go, chomp, chomp, and chew them and then meditate them till you swallow it and it gets in you and you believe it. What's going to happen? It's going to feed your spirit. You're going to begin to grow. And the great thing about it, it happens in such a way, you don't, it's just like little kids, you don't realize how much you're growing. You know, little kids, they go to visit grandma after a few months, and she'd go, boy, you have grown a foot, looks like. And they go, really? So they've been with herself every day. And it's happening gradually. That same thing is supposed to be happening to us spiritually. You're supposed to be growing so much that we look at you once in a while and go, you have come a long ways. You have grown. Man, woman, you've grown. You first came here, you were a different person. Look at you. You are talking differently. You are understanding differently. You are thinking differently. You're growing up. Putting away childish things. And growing up. He said in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, your words were found and what? I did eat them. How can you tell when you're getting good cooking? Huh? When you are eating some of the best food around, do you get depressed at the table? Huh? I mean, you're eating some really good cooking and you're going, oh, this is so good, but I'm just going to, I'm going to, no. It makes you happy. Huh? <laughs> it's like that one fellow said, he ate something that this lady was famous for cooking, and he put it in his mouth, and he went, oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> he said, that's just like angels dancing on my tongue. <laughs> well, it makes you happy. I said, it makes you happy. He said, they were unto me the joy And rejoicing of my heart. And can you see, when you eat good food, then it strengthens you too. It strengthens, now you feel like I can go out and work the rest of the day. I got some strength in me. Well, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Where'd you get that joy? That's why we ought to come and not be depressed. In church, we ought to come and get happy. And get, why? Because we're eating. We're eating. I'm eating. You're eating. We're eating. We're eating and eating and we get strong. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Do you remember Matthew 4.4? 4, 
You don't have to turn there. But you remember what Jesus said when the enemy is coming and tempting him and saying, you're so hungry, turn these rocks into bread. What did Jesus look at him and say? It is written. What? Man shall not live by bread alone. Yeah, you need some bread. Yeah, you need some food. But you need more than that. You need something not just for your body. You don't just need something to tickle your intellect. What do you need? You need something substantial that will feed your spirit. What will do it? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every one, every one of these words will feed your spirit. Every one of them. Even the so-and-so begat so-and-so in numbers. And all the names you can't pronounce. Jehosha, Washa, Basha, Nabat, Shuluba, you know. Just read them in faith. Because it'll feed your spirit. Even if you don't understand it. Well, how in the world could that help so-and-so begat so-and-so begat? Well, it ain't going to help you. Because you don't respect it. It ought to be enough for you that God chose to put that out of all the things he could have put in the world. He chose to put that in here for us and told us to feed on it. Let me give you a little thought here. I believe that some of these scriptures that have to do with numbers and have to do with lineage actually have anointing for math in them. That you don't even discern with your mind. Every one of the, and I'm just giving you that as one small thing. Every word of God, every, the these and the thous, every word of God is good, the Bible said. It is spiritual food. It is nourishment and it goes far beyond your mind. It's not just mind food. It's spirit food. That's why you got to read it in faith. I said you got to read it in faith. Now, of course, this is, you know, this all has no application to you if you don't even read your chapter. (laughs) So come on, get on in. Come on, get on in and read it by faith. Before you pray, say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your precious, holy word. Your word feeds my faith. Feed my faith right now with it. Feed my spirit right now. Open my eyes. Give me insight and understanding. I believe I receive it. And then read. No matter what your head's getting, believe something's coming into you of a spiritual nature. Feeding your spirit. And it will. I said it will. It will. And you will grow. I said you will grow. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, I want to read this to you, and we'll close with this. But Psalm 119 is the longest psalm. So I'm just going to read this one psalm to you, and we'll be done. (laughs) Just a psalm. No, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But have you ever read the 119th psalm? Do you know what it's about? Hmm? The whole psalm is about the word. It's about the word of God. And it's an expression 
of the psalmist's love for God's word. Let me encourage you, if you've never done that, read this psalm out loud. Better yet, sing it. He says, how's it go? Be led. (laughs) Sing it and see the spirit and the anointing, the revelation of the love for God's word will come into you stronger. And you will desire his word more. How many understand one of the indicators of health in children is a good appetite? Right? Boy, you can really see when these boys and girls hit certain ages, when they just start sprouting and growing, they can eat up some groceries. Can't they? I'm telling you, better fix extras because they'll come clean them off. And if they come in and they don't want to eat for day after day, what do you know? Something's wrong. Spiritually, exactly the same thing is true. People get where they don't want to eat. They don't want to eat their chapter. They don't want to come and eat at church. They're not doing good spiritually. Something's wrong with them. And they can't grow like that. But you'll find when you're really growing and when you're really doing good, you just can't get enough. You're like, more. Give me some more. I want more. Extras, please. Extras, please. Seconds and thirds. Bring them on. Why? Because you're growing. You're growing. You need that extra nutrition. But let me just give you just a few of the statements that he made in Psalm 119. And then in your own time, go and read this. Let me encourage you. Read it out loud and read it for yourself. Say, Lord, this is me. I delight in your word. I love your word. Read it as though you wrote the psalm. Read it as though it's you speaking to the Lord. Listen to Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. They're sweeter than honey to my mouth. Who's he talking to? He's talking to God. He said, through your precepts, I get understanding and I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Verse 129. Your testimonies are wonderful. My soul keeps them. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Does that sound like babies growing up and getting understanding? 131, I opened my mouth and panted. What's panting? For what? I longed for your commandments. This ain't somebody having to jack you up and get you to go to church. You're there going, when can we go? You know, you know our little kids do that? Our little kids do that. They go, when are we going back? Especially ones that are new and they hadn't learned how the days work yet. They're like, you know, well, well, Friday, when's that? Is that now? Is that tomorrow? No. <laughs> I want to go today. That's so excellent. Why? Why do they want to go? It's not just because of gadgets and stuff. Because we try to avoid that. They're getting fed. Their spirits, their little spirits are getting fed. And their little spirits are alive unto God. And that's why these little ones that can't hardly talk will come to me and go, I do a word of God. You're what? I'm a doer of the word of God. 
<laughs> you better watch them, they'll pass you. I opened my mouth and I panted and I longed for your commandments. Righteous are you, O Lord, 137. Upright are your judgments. Your testimonies that you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. Verse 140, your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. That whole psalm is like that. I said that whole psalm is like that. What's he do? Out of his spirit, he just going, your word. Oh, God, your word. Your word feeds me. Your word nourishes me. Your word enlightens me. Your word gives me hope, gives me faith, gives me peace. I love your word. I enjoy your word. I rejoice at your word like somebody that's found a great spoil. How many believe David was growing up? Did he grow up? He wasn't just an immature. He grew, he grew, he grew. He became greater. He became stronger. How are you going to grow and become stronger? How? How? Only one way spiritual. You can't get this anywhere else. Feeding on his words and then what? Speaking those words of truth and love. You will grow up in him. In all things. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.